Greetings, friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Dawn Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly, exceedingly great joy. Last week, I talked to you about the power of light. And today, I'm going to unravel that even a little more. So this is the power of light part two. Father, I thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says that Jesus, you, you were the light of the world. Father, I thank you for the light of your gospel shining deep in our heart today. I thank you for revealing your truth to us. I thank you for encouraging us with your holy word. And I bless each one within this listening audience. Lord, may your word cut deep. May it go and saturate even to the joints and marrow and divide the soul from the spirit and bless them and encourage them and strengthen them, each one in Jesus' mighty name. I pray, amen. Okay, the flick of a switch. Without thinking, we instinctively flip that switch. You know, it's from the bedroom to the bathroom. There's a switch from the hallway to the kitchen. There's a switch that we flip from the top of the steps to the basement. And it's that easy. It takes just a nanosecond. And within that moment, we are able to walk from a dark room to a room that's lit up. And when we do that, suddenly all things change. What you couldn't see is now all visible. That's the power of light. Have you ever tried to walk into a dark room filled with furniture and stacks of things on the floor and find yourself bumping into all kinds of things? Well, I've done that before. And you know, when you live long enough in the same place, you actually know where everything is. And so when you turn off the light or you walk into a very dark room, and it's a familiar room, a room you've been in before, you can pretty much work your way through that room without bumping into anything. But maybe you've had the experience of going into an old, dark basement where the light bulb is burned out. Or maybe it's an old garage filled with all kinds of junk, old bicycles, Rusty old tools, boxes, an old computer, a used television set from the 60s. Gadgets you have no idea what they are or what they were intended for. But you've wandered in, in the dark, for whatever reason, and gosh, boom, bang, you have collided with a myriad of unknown objects in the dark that could potentially cause you great harm, like falling over something and twisting your ankle or possibly breaking your wrist. Now, you may be laughing as I share that, but I bet you in your lifetime, once or twice, you've had one of those kind of experiences. Just the flip of the switch would have made all the difference No more stumbling or fumbling. The invisible becomes obvious. 
You know exactly where to walk, carefully placing your feet so as not to trip over something when the light's on. It's like they say, it's like night and day. What a difference the light makes. It's the power of light. Even things that are tucked into dark corners can no longer hide. You can now see that six-foot-long snake all coiled up and cozy in the corner, whereas in the dark, you may have frightened it and received an unexpected sensation of pain from its bite. Oh, yeah, the light brings it all out and gives you the security of knowing where you're going and what you can expect ahead. I shared last week that I have lots of windows in my house. In fact, there are 11 large windows in my great room with two skylights and a door that the door is from glass is glass from top to bottom. So that's a lot of light in one room. But I'll tell you this, even on a cloudy day, whether it's um, late morning or mid-afternoon, on a cloudy day, I still can't see all the dust or dirt that needs to be cleaned up. But I'll tell you, once the sun comes out, once the sun is shining, wow, I can see every speck of dust and dirt. When the light of God's Word shines on our heart, it's amazing how we can see the dust and dirt of our own heart. Hebrew 4, verse 12 says this, and this is all the scriptures that I'm sharing with you today are out of the New King James Version, except for one. But Hebrews 4.12 says this. It says, for the word of God, the Bible, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. You see, the word comes, and, and if you will let it, it will highlight all that needs to be removed from your heart. It's kind of like a giant machete, but it doesn't cause destruction or frightening pain like a machete would. God has a wonderful way of showing us the dust and dirt of our heart and helps us to easily remove it by confession. The Word says He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we just confess our sins. I always like to say His Word takes me to the woodshed, but I never get a beating. And it's true. I've been taken to the woodshed plenty of times, but I don't get a severe beating. I get a gentle talking to. I get a gentle chastening from my father. And it sure beats, it really does, it sure beats going to the woodshed and having someone get out an old switch and beating that heck out of me. 
Now, the Bible does say, spare the rod and spoil the child. But since I'm no longer a child, I still need chastening when it's appropriate. But God knows how to do that in a very gentle way. He gets, he makes the point. He gets his point across. So when God takes me to the woodshed, I don't like it, but it's good for me. And so he gently shows me where I've messed up, and he lovingly brings the correction and straightens me out. Now, science tells us that sun, that, excuse me, science tells us that sunlight takes about 8 minutes and 17 seconds to travel from the to travel the average distance from the surface of the sun to the earth. So, 8 minutes and 7 seconds for light to go from the surface of the sun to the earth. Now, that doesn't sound like a long time, but in light of what God's word says, and this is um in the King James Version, because I want, to, I want to point out something special here. So in the King James Version of Hebrews 4, 12, it says, the scripture reads, For the word of God is quick and powerful. Quick. And I don't think light traveling from the sun to the earth in eight minutes and seven seconds is necessarily quick. Maybe in relative terms, it is. But the Word of God, you see, the Word of God is quick and powerful. When you read God's Word, it can so quickly discern your heart, like in an instant. It's the light of the Word of God exposing the darkness in your heart. The sin in your heart. So sin represents, or sin equals darkness. If there's sin in your heart, there's darkness in your heart. If there are issues or areas of your heart that you haven't dealt with, then there's a a dark spot. There's a dark corner in your heart. There's a dark place that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight and wants to bring healing to. But God's word is so quick to discern those things in our heart if only we will read God's word. Now, there's a, there's a different way of looking at God's word. I talked to you about looking at God's word as a machete, as a huge, sharp, two-edged knife that can come and cut. And so immediately we begin to think pain. But I just explained, when God wants to bring something to our attention and take us to the woodshed, he's a good father. He is gentle. He will show us where we've messed up, but he is loving in bringing correction to us. But you can think of God's word in another way, as a giant flashlight. Oh, goodness, as a giant flashlight, it will expose what you need to see. 
if, and I'm highlighting and emphasizing if, if you are willing and pure in heart before the Lord. I know folks, and and I'm not saying it to necessarily judge them, but I've been around folks who are walking in a lot of deception, and they cannot see the issues that they're struggling in. And sometimes I'm not sure why that is. And, you know, they think they're perfectly aligned with the Lord. They think they're perfectly in fellowship with him. And this thing can be so blatant and they cannot see it. And sometimes I'm not sure if it's because people are just so unwilling to allow the Lord to really slice and dice our heart. See, you have to be willing to let the Lord slice and dice your heart. You got to let him get in there, okay? It would be like this. Let's say you have an infection in your leg. You go to the doctor because this thing's really getting bad, okay? And uh, it's so bad that, like, the whole lower part of your leg is, is, um, is infected. And now there's these blood red streaks going up the rest of your leg. So you go to the doctor because you're pretty concerned about this thing. Ooh, there's all kinds of pus. And I mean, it's, it's a bad, bad wound on your lower leg. So you go to the doctor and he looks at this thing or she looks at your leg and says, oh, gosh, we're going to have to debride that thing. Now, what does debride mean? It means that the doctor has to go in there and has to get a few tools and has to clean that infection out of there. And it's probably going to hurt. But it has to come out. Because if that infection is not addressed and, let, and you just let it go, you will become septic. And that means that your whole body will be full of infection. And if you are septic, you will end up with sepsis. That will put you into cardiogenic shock and you will die. So, if you are not willing to allow the Lord through his word to slice and dice your heart and cut out these little pockets of infection that are in there, because that's what sin really is. It's like an infection in your heart. If you're not willing to do that, your heart will be full of infection and you will be totally deceived. You'll walk with a spirit of deception. You will have no clue. You will be clueless as to what's going on with your life. And slowly and surely, over time, you will become virtually dead to the things of the Lord. You will be so out of fellowship with him, so out of kilter and out of alignment with him. So we have to let the Lord slice and dice our heart. We have to allow the flashlight of God's word to come and expose what the heck is in there. And you have to be willing and pure in heart before the Lord and just say, I can't deal with this, Father, but I know you can. Please help me. 
Now, you can also think of God's Word as a laser pointer. I'm sure you've seen speakers or you've been at a conference and the speaker uses um, a laser pointer. And it's um, it has a tiny red light that flashes up on the screen and they use that red light to highlight maybe a specific word or a series of word, words that they're talking about. So God's word can also be like a red laser pointer that zeroes right in on what issues you need to deal with. And that laser beam seems to highlight the specific scripture that will require your attention. Now, Psalm 119.105 says this. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Most of you have heard that scripture before. Because God's word is light. And it will provide the needed direction and the exact way we need to go forward in righteousness. See, it's the power of light. Your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. To alter your focus, to alter your decision, why do you need the power of light? Why do you need the power of God's word as a light? To alter your focus, because somehow you've gotten out of focus. And so it's the light of God's word that brings you back into correct focus. Or it's the light of God's word that alters your decision. Maybe you've made a, an incorrect decision. And it's the light of God's word that turns you around. And you see that, oops, I'm not going the right way. I'm not doing the right thing. I need to do this instead of that. And obviously, the light of God's word can alter our direction, where we, where we think we need to go may not be where he wants us to go. So there is great power in this light, the light of the gospel. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus, and Matthew writes in Matthew 4, 16, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Who was Isaiah prophesying about? He was prophesying about Jesus. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region, sat sitting in the shadow of death, light has dawned. So it's a prophecy about Jesus, and it's prophesying that Jesus is the light that will dawn. Jesus is the great light that will bring light to their darkness. So Isaiah, prophesying 700 years before the birth of Christ, is prophesying that Jesus is the light. Psalm 104, verses 1 and 2. 
those, those two verses also speak of Jesus. So just listen. It says, you, referring to the Lord, you are clothed with honor and majesty who cover yourself with light as with a garment. So folks, make no bones about it. Jesus is light. And not only is he light, he is covered with light. His garments are light. I like that. So I want to reemphasize that God's holy word, every jot and tittle of it, is light. This is what it says in Proverbs 6.23. And if you have your Bible, you know, you can just follow along with me because I have several scriptures I'm going to share today. Proverbs 6.23 says this, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Now, isn't that interesting? That's written in the Old Testament. So what it's saying is that all of God's commandments, they're a lamp. In other words, they provide direction focus, light, life. And the law, God's word, is considered the law. The Torah, the law, is a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. In other words, God's word is what brings correction or a rebuke, which ultimately are instructions for the way we should go, the way we deal with life, the way we handle people, the way we handle situations and circumstances that we face every day. The light of the gospel shines to bring correction and instruction in righteousness and is profitable for doctrine. Now, we see that in 2 Timothy 3.16. So 2 Timothy 3.16 lines up and verifies Proverbs 6.23 in the Old Testament. Now, if the Bible were not a living organism, if it were just another old book out there, full of wise teachings, it could not, no way could it do any of the things that I talked about. Because words on a page in any book that you, I don't care what book, what book you name, what book you come up with, it, it, it has no power. Because, because the Bible is light, God's word is light, and Jesus is the word. John 1, 1 tells us that Jesus is the word, and he is the light. Then the word of God has power power to change you and ultimately conform you to his image and nature. Now, once you listen carefully to this scripture in Psalm 97, Psalm 97, 10 and 11, and this is what the psalmist writes, you who love the Lord hate evil, exclamation point. He preserves the souls of his saints. 
He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Now, you can look at that scripture a couple different ways. Because I've looked up the word light in the Hebrew, and you can look at this in a couple different ways. But one of the ways that it can definitely be looked at from the Hebrew is that Jehovah, God, Jehovah, as Israel's light. So Jehovah is sown for the righteous. Now, if you look up the Hebrew word sown, it means to produce, to yield seed, to conceive. So to conceive or to produce or yield seed. So we can look at that scripture in this light, in this context. Jehovah, God, Jehovah, is conceived for the righteous. Jehovah is conceived to produce this seed for the righteous. In other words, Jehovah God is going to be conceived, literally conceived for us. He was the seed that was bruised and he was the seed that was buried and he was buried to bring forth life for us. So light is sown for the righteous. Again, to emphasize to you that God, Jesus, the Word, the Holy Spirit, they are all light. Psalm 36, 9, for with you, and that's capitalized, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So it's clear that the only reason we can see light or observe light or understand light in our own lives is because he is light. David wrote this, and he clearly understood the nature of God and his character. Now look what Timothy wrote in 1 Timothy 6, 13 through 16. This is awesome. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. I believe I've provided you a good argument based on God's word last week and today that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and his holy word are light. Because he is light, we, his children, are children of light.
Next week, I want to conclude this message, The Power of Light, by helping you put this all into practice. So I'm excited to be with you next week. And therefore, I encourage you to go to www.pureheart.today. You can listen to this podcast again. I bless you. And with that, I leave you. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.